This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth, exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host, John Barsness. All right. The inaugural episode, the FCP Services From Paint to Purpose podcast. I'm Danny Green along with John Barsness. Uh, today's show is a little bit different. I am the producer, John is the host, but we're turning the tables and I get to interview John Barsness today. So John, what are your thoughts? How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is, uh, sun is shining, it's a beautiful day outside and, and I'm excited about the what we're uh, endeavoring here with a podcast uh, for the first time with FCP Services. I think our story here is such a fantastic story. We've got great people. Uh, and, and I'm excited to t- tell that story. So I'm looking forward to it. So just to give uh, the listeners and, and all the um, the people out there a little background and as far as the inspiration, kind of why you wanted to get this started, and then also maybe just a little background about yourself and your story about uh, how you came to FCP Services. Yeah, the, this really started... Um, as an organization, we have always been built around... Uh, our sales through our operational excellence and as a company we've done no marketing like zero we have a website but we don't draw people to our website it's really about the work that we do so when we're out across the country doing projects uh in the renovation remodel and repaint world in 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 the different vertical markets uh, it's all about that contact with the customers and as we've evolved as a company and grown, we have a huge story to tell about where this company started, where it's grown to, and where we're going. And because of our culture that's built around our people, uh, around our culture of uh, care, concern, and uh, performance, we just thought this would be a cool way to to tell our story in a unique way uh, that doesn't that that is a new medium for us, but also something that's out there for everybody. Uh, and, and so the audience is really our customers. Uh, it's the people who are, are, might be interested in our company. And it's for our people inside of the organization to tell their unique stories as well. So as far as how you came to FCP services, you have a, uh, an illustrious career and you, you have, you've done a lot of things. What, what exactly um, brought you here? How were you introduced? And, and talk a little bit about your role with the company. Yeah, well, I don't, I'm not sure I'd call it an illustrious career, but I appreciate that, that, uh, um, that, that segue. Um, I, I actually was introduced to the company. One of the recruiters that they were using to fill the position that I have in the organization, which is senior vice president of, of people, so all things related to the traditional HR model, but but uh, a big focus on leadership development and and just our talent development in general. Um, I was introduced to the company by a, a recruiter that I had known for years. She reached out to me and um, and was looking for referrals. and And at the time, I was I I've owned two businesses in my career. Um, first one I, I built up uh, and then sold. The second one I was in the midst of, of launching at that point, which is about five years ago now. And, um, and we had been around for probably eight years at that point. I was heavily involved in the development of that business, which was around leadership development. And she reached out to me because we had worked together in the past and, and was describing the role for me, uh, what she, they were, the company was looking for. 
And the more that that we started talking about it, the more I got intrigued by the company and the purpose behind why they were filling this type of a role for such a small company. And through the course of the conversation and the and and some prayer afterwards, um, I just felt the need to to reach back out and say I'd be interested in talking to them a little bit further. And that's kind of how it started. And so the interview process was unique in the sense that. Um, I talked to everybody on the leadership team, which was four people at that point, and um, individually, and then as a group, uh, came in to do in-person interviews, and uh, next thing you know, I'm getting an offer, and uh, wasn't looking, uh, had my own business, still have my own business, and and it was thriving and doing well, but I I felt there was a purpose here that was beyond just a job, and uh, I was drawn to that, and and, and so that's... um, that's how it came to be. So it's a, it's a, it was a, it's a unique opportunity with a unique company, and, and I've loved every minute of it. Yeah. What, what was that purpose? What was that feeling that you had? Yeah, so my career has been built around building or helping the organizations build uh, through their culture, and a lot of that comes down to the values-based model of uh, building your culture through the, the company's value ecosystem. So those things that bind the company together that you wouldn't know based on hearing about what that company was all about, what they actually did. And so that's how I built my second company. And we, we were working with companies all over the, the, the country uh, to help them build out this values-based model. And when I, when I talked to James, who's the CEO and co-owner of the, uh, of, uh, of the company, that was his passion. He wanted to be, uh, he didn't articulate it that way, but that's exactly what he was trying to get to is I want to have a company that's built around our people, uh, and, and, and really being something different than what the industry sometimes is known for. Um, and so that's what drew me to it. Uh, like having the opportunity to take a small business and help it grow, um, through that culture was what gets me up every morning. I love that. And, um, and this group really embodied that they, they believed in it. They knew how hard it was going to be but they still do, dug in and, uh, and I like to build stuff. That's my, uh, that's my MO. That's what I built my career around. Um, and, and this gives me the opportunity to do that. Yeah. So have obviously the value-based leadership it's worked and have you seen some, what, what was the, when you came on board, um, was it, was there a program in place at all or what, did you really build that from scratch and where has it taken this company? So there, like every company, there's a culture already embedded. It, whether they're whether it's intentional or not, every company has a, a culture, and FCP Services was no different. Um, and and they had laid the groundwork for some of this. They had been building their values. Um, at the time, there was probably eight or nine of them uh, that they were trying to articulate. And so one of the first things I did uh, was come into the organization and just have conversations with as many people in the organization as I could to try to understand not just what we did, but who we were and, and how they joined the organization, why they stayed. Uh, and, and through those conversations, I was able to get a sense of the, the culture that was built and, and how they had defined it. And so as I met with the, the leadership team and, and kind of gave them my summary of the conversations I had, uh, two things stood out. One, they cared deeply about the the business. They cared deeply about their people, and they were genuine. Like they and 
And yet we also had this ambiguity around what it meant to have these eight or nine values. And so I did an exercise with the leadership team where I asked them to um, articulate what each of those values meant. And as they articulated each of those values, we, we boiled them down to from eight or nine to three. And our three core values here are people, drive, and growth, and they all fit together. And so if you think about it from, the, from a circular standpoint, you don't have one without the other, and they all intersect and work together. And, and so, we, we, so there was a foundation laid. The culture was there. What they didn't do was articulate what that actually meant. And so that's where I started to build some of the, the pieces around that. So we looked at uh, not only articulating what each of those values meant uh, and, and tangible ways, right? So if you're building a values-based organization, you, those values have to live and breathe in the organization. And they have to mean something for the individuals who are working in the business. And so it encompasses how you talk to each other, uh, both inside and outside the organization, how you represent uh, whatever the company does, whether it's service or product, uh, out to the external world. It's how you make decisions. At the end of the day, especially from a leadership perspective, your core values are your true north. Um, and those are the things that help define and make decisions for the organization. And, and so that's what we really started to do. And so through those conversations, we built some of the structure around that. So not only articulating what the values meant, but then how, do we, how are we going to hire for that? And, and that started at every level of the organization, from our entry-level folks who are in the field doing the work to our senior executives. Everybody had to understand what that meant, and we hired through that. So we, our interview questions were geared around the core values. Um, and so skill is important. It always is, but how you do the work is much more important in a values-based organization. So we built it around that. We built it around the structure on how we actually measure people's success, uh, in the organization. So the performance evaluation is all geared around our core values there. We have our core set of values, those three and what that actually means. And then we've tied those core values into the what, so the actual accountability that people have for the role that they play in the organization. And then we've built over that over over time now, over four plus years of building that into the culture, uh, one conversation at a time. And it's evolving. You're never arrived. That's the one piece that I always remind people of. You're never going to be perfect with your core values, living them out, and you're never going to arrive at this, aha, we're already there. We figured it out. You're never going to figure it out. Your organization is always growing. Just like every individual, we're all flawed. We all have, I always say, we all, we, we all come broken. It's just a matter of how broken we are and how much we're willing to admit it. Mm. And, uh, and so that's really the journey we we're on. And that's why this podcast is so uh, exciting for us because that's what we're going to tell. Yeah, mm. we do, we do tremendous work. And and visually, you can see the work that we do throughout the communities that we're in uh, with the clients that we work with. And we're proud of that work. But it doesn't happen uh, just because we, we do good work. It's because of the people we have here. We're no different than almost any other contractor in terms of what we do in our industry. But how we do it is very different. And, and we're excited about that. Yeah. It sounds like culture is really the operating system that runs this place. And, and then it's the skills and the talents of people that fit into it. But for a company that 
wants to maybe uh, endeavor that maybe they haven't focused on culture. How do you, it's great to, you know, get together as a leadership team and write all these things and have whiteboard sessions. How do you actually take the theoretical and make it practical? Because behavior change is one of the hardest things. And um, as you hire for new people, it's, I can see how it's easier to, uh, you know, start them with good habits and good culture. But for the, the people that have been on your team, how do you motivate them to think differently, operate differently? Um, what, what, what did you guys do? What worked? So I, I think that it's a great question, by the way, and, and it's very true. It's obviously easier to build something from scratch, which is what you end up doing when you're hiring new people. Um, but the interesting thing when you do that is you're hiring people uh, and you're hiring them based on these core values that you've articulated, that you that you have started to embed in your organization. And yet they walk in and all these people who have been here for 15, 20 years just go about doing their daily work and and the new people come in with this aspirational mindset of, man, you guys have told me all these great things about what it actually means uh, to care about your people, to create an environment that is driven, uh, but that has a growth mindset. And yet I'm talking to this guy over here and he really doesn't, uh, I don't see that com coming from him. And so as an organization, what you have to do is make sure that in the conversations that you're having day to day, week to week, month to month, uh, quarter to quarter, that in every conversation you're having, somewhere in that conversation, you're talking about what it actually means to live out those core values. So let me give you an example. We have in our organization, every people man every person who manages a team of people, whether it's one person or, or 50 people, is required to do a one-on-one -on -one with people every week. And it can be a 15-minute conversation or an hour conversation. And, and so what we did was help them, each of those people managers, to actually have, um, teach them how to have these conversations. So, uh, you know, we'd sit down with people and say, okay, yeah, what did you talk about this week? Well, we talked about our to-do list. What'd you get done? What didn't you get done? Uh, and I said, well, that's great. But what do you know about the person that you're managing? And they'd look at you. I don't know what you mean. Like, do you, how's our family? Well, I don't know. I didn't ask. Are they doing all right? What do you mean? Are they doing all right? Like, are are they okay? Are they are they healthy? Do they? Is there any concern that you have about them? Uh, it, you know, what are they interested in outside of work? Well, I don't know. I didn't ask. And so we started to have those conversations. So each week, it's. Yeah, let's talk about who they are. What are they passionate about? And if it's work, that's great. Let's talk about that. But let's make an hour conversation about 15 minutes about work and the rest of the time getting to know the people that, that you actually work with and who work for you and vice versa. Make sure that you're vulnerable enough with them to tell them what's going on in your world. Um, and it's about that connection point. And so that's where the values become real because then when push comes to shove, when something happens, you have a relationship that's built on something other than just transactions. You know, if I'm, if I'm in a transactional organization, it's not about the transactions only out, outside, out there, but internally too. So an example of that is, well, I need something from you, so I'm going to manipulate you to get what I want. That's a transaction. You've, we've done nothing there other than, well, you, you supplied with me what I needed, so I'm good. But the minute you don't, now something's wrong. And 
Instead, it's about the relationship. So I can build a trusting relationship with you and you can start to trust me so you know I have your back. Doesn't mean I'm not going to hold you accountable. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to to, to challenge you to get better. It, actually, the opposite of that actually happens. When I actually care about you, it means I'm going to push you harder because I know that you can do more um, and that I'm there to support you. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. Uh, I'm not going to only worry about what you can give to me but instead, as a values-based leader, I'm going to learn what my value is to you, which oftentimes is about my time, talent, and treasure, right? And so if I'm going to give you my time, if I'm going to give you my knowledge, that's a gift because I can give you something that nobody else can, and yet I have to do the same for you. And so that's really what we tried to do. So in our one-on-ones, we did that. In our weekly uh, team meetings, we would do that. In our quarterly meetings, we would do that. And so every piece of what we did, it was embedded into that. And now in many parts of our organization, those just happen organically and naturally. This past year in 2020, uh, obviously the whole you know, world was rocked by the pandemic. And, and yet one of the things that we rewarded at the end of the year was all of our traveling teams that continued to travel, by the way, in the midst of the pandemic. We were never shut down. We were considered essential uh, for for the workforce uh, across the country, and so it's also the way we make money. So if we if we weren't doing that work, uh, we couldn't keep our lights on. And and so when that came about, it was never a matter of well, guys, you just need to go get the work done because we need to have revenue. It, it was okay, guys. We need to work because we want to give you guys the opportunity to continue to to put food on the table for your families. Uh, and, and we want to provide you with these opportunities and our customers need our, our help in this. And so it was a, it, it, as a leadership team, we didn't talk about, well, how are we going to cut costs? It was, how are we going to support these guys in the field? Which meant we increased our costs for hotels because we had to have more hotel rooms as opposed to less means we had to have a lot of protective equipment and we had to order it uh, constantly, especially in the midst of the pandemic early on, there were shortages all over the place. So our safety manager was outsourcing things all over the place, trying to find the best. Uh, and and the price was obviously, a co- cost is always a, a factor, but that wasn't our driving uh, mechanism. So at the end of the year, we gave a discretionary bonus to, to our foreman because of what they did, which was to keep guys safe. And so the, all the protocols that we had to put in place, all the travel restrictions and all those things that put a stress on the business, it was about how do we make sure that our guys are safe? And so we wanted to reward that and make sure that they understood, we know you went above and beyond. And it wasn't just because of the revenue. That was a byproduct of us caring about our people and making sure that they were taken care of. Mm. A lot there. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> So do core values, do they evolve over time or are they more of a static thing that um, are principles you live by? I, I think, I believe that they are principles you live by. I, I think your, your strategy, uh, your focus as a business, what you do, where you're attacking, uh, the, the problems that you're trying to solve, the vertical markets you get into, the types of business you're doing, those things all change. They have to. You, if you don't evolve as a business, you're gonna you're gonna end up dying. But your core values are what they are, and they and they are. Um, so I don't believe that they necessarily evolve or change. That's why it's important when you're choosing them to know why you're choosing them and to to make sure that they stand the test of time, because ultimately 
if you're changing your core values all the time, do they really mean anything? If you're, it, then they become subjective and they become um, convenient and not the things that that require you uh, to 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 live by uh, every day. And again, I want to make sure I, I'm I'm clear when we talk about this. We don't expect people to be perfect. We don't expect them to live this out every day in the most uh, um, appropriate way all the time because we're human and we make mistakes. But part of that and living your core values is to own it. And and when somebody calls it out and they give you a very specific way in which you didn't li- live out those core values, that you own it and go, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I really do. I know how painful that was for you to say that to me. And I'm sorry. Mm. And I'll and and here's what I'm going to try to do to be more reflective of this. You know, our core, three core values of people, drive, and growth. As I said earlier, think about it as a circle, and they all play off of each other, right? So, part of what, what sometimes in in an organization, especially ours, when we started introducing these, is they assume that because we said we care about people, it meant that anytime we were having a difficult conversation or we held somebody accountable, it meant we didn't really care about our people. And I had to have that conversation often in the organization early on to say, no, no, remember this. Part of caring about people is telling them the truth, not being afraid to confront the things that are a challenge, whether that's in performance or behavior. And that's part of what that looks like. And so then you move to our second core value of drive. It's the same thing, right? We can all say, well, yeah, all you guys talk about is revenue. All all you guys at the leadership level, all you worry about is are we getting enough sales and are we profitable enough? And those things are important. We're a for-profit company, and and our job is to help the organization grow. But it's a byproduct of doing the right things. It's not the end-all, be-all. Um, and yet we have to be careful when we talk about that in the organization because if all they hear from us as a leadership team is about the revenue or about the challenges with revenue or that we're not profitable enough on our projects, people are going to go, well, okay, great, but that means that you care more about that drive, if you will, and that growth mentality. What about our people? And I always say, well, our job is to make sure that you are put in the best position to be successful, the best tools that you can have, the best training that you can have, the best support that you can have, the best guidance and clear rails for what your job is and what success looks like. That's part of that. And so it is having those those types of conversations. So all three of them are equal even though they're different. Mm. And that's something that we've had to talk a lot about in our organization because people will get that that viewpoint of, well, man, my boss doesn't like me, so he must not be living out our core values of, of people. And we have to ask the question, well, maybe that's true. And if that is, then we do have to have, we have a problem. But are they treating you with respect? Are they holding you accountable, but doing it in a way that isn't uh, demeaning to you? Well, yeah, no, they're, 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 they treat me well. Okay. So then we're just talking about performance mm. and, and that's, that's a hard thing to do sometimes, but that's why living out the core values leading that way as a values-based leader is really hard because if I throw out there that this, these are my values, guess what? Every decision I make is they're looking at it from that lens. And so it, it, it becomes much more challenging. Mm-hmm. So for, People out there that want, this sounds attractive, they want to take steps in that direction. Maybe they, they, I mean, we all know that there's improvement to be had. What are some actionable things that they can do to, to start moving in a, and building this um, culture of, of values? 
So I think the first thing that I always recommend organizations do, and, and usually this comes from the leadership team, somebody at the leadership level or all of them says, you know, we're, we, we love this, uh, you know, in my, in my, uh, in my world, that's, that's often the conversations I get with leaders, uh, of other organizations, uh, is, is that question. Yeah, we love this idea. What do we do? The first thing I'll say is first acknowledge that you have a culture and understand what that culture actually is. That's where you start. Uh, because if you can name it, if you can articulate what that culture actually is as it exists today, then you can ask the second question is, do we like that culture or is that really not what we want to be? And then from there, you can start to take some of those concrete steps of now we've named our culture. So let's name what those values are. I always recommend somewhere between three and five values. I think any more than that, it probably gets watered down. I'm not necessarily a proponent that you have to have just one word like what we do. Um, some are phrases, some are two or three words, uh, some are full sentences. It doesn't really make any difference, um, but it's got to be something about who you are. Uh, I always say this, you can look at your values and I should be able to put them on the wall for somebody and they have no idea what we do as a business. So again, think about our our, our value system is uh, people drive and growth and our core purpose is to be a great company with great people with unlimited opportunities. You saw those two things, you wouldn't have a clue what FCP Services does. You wouldn't know that we're a general contractor nationwide that works in the retail, uh, commercial, and hospitality space doing remodels, renovations, and repaints. Uh, you wouldn't know that by those two ta that tagline and that, that purpose statement. And that's on purpose for us because it doesn't matter what we do. We could start doing technology. We could sell widgets. We could do a lot of things. It wouldn't change what our core purpose is and where we're trying to go and how we're trying to do that through our core values. So that's where it starts for me when I when I talk about this with other leaders is name and, and identify what the, what that culture is today and be really honest about it and then be able to answer the question, are we happy with that or not? Is that really who we want to be known as? And then start naming those core values. And then once you've named them, don't leave it at the leadership level. Get it out to your people. Get it out to the teams and ask them, is this what, what our culture actually is? Do you see this? Do you feel it? Can you touch it? Uh, do you experience it? And what do you think the values are? And, and let everybody be a participant in that process. Now, at the end of the day, the leadership team and the ownership probably has to make the final decision. But everybody should be a part of that conversation. Otherwise, they're not going to buy into it. It's just somebody that, that, that you know, that's, that's just what the leaders say. Mm -hmm. But nothing is, is built around it. And then finally, the thing that we are now working towards in our organization, and this is, again, keep in mind, this is, uh, the company is 30 years old this year, um, and, and the culture has been built over time. These core values really were embedded in the business, even though they didn't articulate them. Now that we are, now that it's front-facing for the organization, we're starting to put those into other areas of our business. So again, making the lens around what type of business we actually take on and why, what type of customers we want to work with and why. Uh, and then in terms of our internal piece in, in our, with our people, we've embedded that into how we performance manage people and how we compensate them. So our incentive program is built heavily around the living out those core values. And so we use three sixties and we use, um, uh, multiple levels of conversations across the organization uh, to ensure that we get a full picture of how somebody's showing up every day consistently. 
and that's the other word I use often with our organization is, yeah, somebody can have a bad day. And I, I don't want to hear somebody say, well, that person doesn't live out our core values because they had one bad day. We don't know what's going on in somebody's world all the time. It's, a, it's the consistency of that. Are they demonstrating our core values and behaviors as much as possible? And if they are, then we need to acknowledge that and reward them for it. Uh, the other thing that we've done, and, and we, we've been working on this over the last couple of years, is as senior leaders, the, very, the, the, most, uh, the highest percentage of our incentive package is built around how others view us living out our core values. So it's not about how the fi- company does financially. That's important, and that's part of our, our responsibility as leaders. But that's not the bulk of where our incentive comes from. It, it's actually coming from everybody else, seeing, feeling it, and experiencing us as leaders. And, and I always say that's where you, you put your money where your mouth is. What fruit have you seen long-term from since implementing these core values um, that you can share as an encouragement for others when uh, it might be, because it is probably difficult. It, it takes more work to implement these things into your business. And But sharing with leaders out there the uh, benefits on the back end, what, what have you seen? Yeah, so for us, we have had astronomical growth. And, and again, keep in mind that what we do is important. Uh, how we do it is, is just as important. And so we've set five-year, you know, when I joined the organization, we set a five-year plan. Uh, this past year in 2020, we actually executed to that five-year plan. Uh, that's built around revenue. It's built around profitability. Uh, we've seen astronomical growth in both of those areas. So there's tangible proof that we know that because our culture is built around the things that we value the most, people are are, are excited about that. They are motivated by those things. Um, and so we've been rewarded that way as a business. Uh, I would say the other big tangible thing is in our in our industry, typically, especially in the construction space, when it comes to some of the the field labor that that is out there, uh, the skilled trades and others, there's often a um, a pretty high turnover in 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 the industry in terms of those workers. They they move from one uh, company to the next often, and we were no different in many ways than than our our competitors from that perspective. Uh, we've actually reduced our over uh, our our turnover uh, in that key demographic in our organization um, by almost fifty percent. This is wow. a, and and in twenty twenty one we have a very aggressive goal to drive that number way down uh, even further, um, and that's t- that that is a direct correlation to us living out and and embodying our core values because we hire for those. And we have a lot of skilled people that come to us that want to work for us. And because they don't live out those core values, we don't, we, we don't make the offer to them uh, for that very reason. We know they're not going to fit. And, and even though their influence might only be on that one team that they're a part of, it's going to have an impact. And, and so we have a very stable environment because of that. Our turnover, by and large, other than some of those skilled trades that, that were higher, has been much lower. Um, and so those are the tangible, and, and because of that, then you get higher quality, uh, you get consistency in your field and the work that we do. Um, people come back season over season. We have, we're seasonal, so we end up having some layoffs every year uh, in that workforce. Um, but because we've also made an emphasis on ensuring that we are making business decisions around what types of customers we're trying to attract and work with, 
we've also taken some of that seasonality out of our business because of that. Uh, again, some of those are just basic byproducts of living this out, but it hasn't been easy. We had to make some really tough decisions with some really key people in our organization over the last four years. Um, some we had to, to, to remove others because of the environment. They just didn't think they fought, they fit anymore. Those are painful. Those are, you know, when you have an organization that's family, uh, driven, those decisions are hard. People don't come to those very easily. And we would have debates at, at the leadership level because we could see it or you could feel it and you go, yeah, this isn't, that this isn't working anymore. And yet we still had that hard uh, decision to make. And it was mm-hmm. hard to make that decision. Um, so we've had some people that have, have left. The interesting thing is we've had a couple of people who have left us who were uh, working predominantly in the project area of our, of our work in the production side who are, are some of our best subcontractors today because they still do quality work. They just didn't see the fit anymore in the organization itself. And yet, because they're on the outside looking in, they actually see that value differently now because they're now owners of a business themselves. So Mm. um, that's a part of our culture as well as giving people opportunities. And we're going to we're going to dive into a lot of that as we move forward here with these with uh, other guests Mm -hmm. who will talk about their story and their journey with FCP services. So for people that want to learn more about this, and, and it sounds very attractive, any resources, books, websites, videos that you can point them towards? So uh, you can certainly go to our website um, and and, uh, and and go to our About Us uh, tab, and it's got all of our uh, – it, it talks about values-based leadership. It talks about our core values, um, and, and and people can, can hit me up on, on LinkedIn – uh, and, and I'm happy to, to, uh, DM with them and, and send them, uh, to other places that, that you can, that they can look, uh, for, for a lot of different re- resources. Um, and, and they can, and I'm happy to talk to anybody about, uh, about this if they're, if they're interested in, it. I think it's, uh, it's, it's what I'm passionate about. It's why this company is so special. Mm. Um, and I believe that the, the world is, is, is in need of this, especially right now. We've got a lot of divisiveness around us. We've got a lot of polarization. Uh, and I think it just takes people who are, are willing to step forward and say, we're all human. Uh, we all have uh, we all have a deep desire to be known and be know uh, and to know. And this is part of that process because we all spend a lot of time doing work. And, um, and you want to find the right culture. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the show and kind of we the vision that we see for it. What um what are we gonna get into over the next six, twelve months and what uh what are you looking forward to? What are some, who are some of the guests that we're gonna bring on? Um just fill us in a little bit on on the vision. Well first I'm I'm looking forward to the fact that I'll be on the other side of this table. So you've done a fantastic job. I don't want to be in the spotlight though. That's not my that's not my role. Um but uh, but seriously, we, we are excited about this because the, the, the purpose of, of, of doing this podcast is to hopefully inform uh, those who are interested in our industry, uh, maybe working with, uh, working with us, uh, to learn a little bit more about what we do, some of the, the unique uh, components of, of how we set up projects, what execution uh, techniques we use. Uh, some of the problems we've solved for some of our biggest clients. I'm excited about hearing that from our operations team. Um, that's one. And then the second piece is really about this culture. And you're going to hear that, I think, uh, week over week when we're talking to 
people inside of our, our organization and some fantastic guests that we're going to have that are from our industry um, who will be able to speak to our cu- culture from that perspective as well. So those two pieces uh, are really important for us. It's why we're doing this. Um, and, and we believe it can be a blessing to, the, to, to those who, um, who may be interested in something like this as an organization uh, and uh, who want to work with somebody like us as a company. Mm-hmm. So who are this, give us a, a feel for some of the types of people that you're going to be bringing in. To talk with yeah so internally we're going to talk to all of our senior leaders um the journey that each of our senior leaders has been on is is phenomenal uh, our uh our ceo started in the field and 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 is now our our co-owner and ceo we're going to have uh, hopefully uh, here soon our our founder uh of the business who started this 30 years ago and and how he started it and why he started it is such a unique story and 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 tells a lot about uh, who we are We'll have our operational staff from our field foreman to our project managers, uh, all the way up to some of our, our senior leaders in the operations side uh, here to talk again, talk trade, talk about what we do as an organization and some of the unique solutions. Uh, we're going to talk to a wide uh, sway of people, both our cust- on our customer side, our vendor side, some of the suppliers that we work with. Uh, as well as uh, as some unique industry people that are doing some cool things around artificial intelligence, uh, some of the imagery things that are out there in our industry to to bring that that perspective as well. Uh, uh, so we're excited about uh, all of those types of guests. And who knows where this is going to go? We don't know what's going to come around in our world. I don't think anybody thought that we'd be talking about wearing masks everywhere and social distancing. I don't think I ever heard that phrase uh, up until 2020, and that's now become part of our our um, our everyday language. And so, who knows what 2021 is going to 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 uh, um, to bring us? And uh, and we will try to stay on top of some of those trends that are out there, both in our industry and in the world around us. That's great. Well, you can uh, look forward to a weekly episode published every Tuesday, and I think that'll do it for us today. But uh, John, it was a pleasure and. See you on the next episode. Danny, I appreciate it. The, the, uh, the interview was great and the conversation was fantastic. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.